we know the federal government, they, of course, have extended the CERB for a few more months. The Canadian Emergency Response Benefit, established to help Canadians who were having trouble because they lost their job or couldn't find work due to the pandemic. But now the Manitoba government is set to offer a bonus to those who actually agree to give up the CERB and return to work. Dugald Lamont is the Manitoba Liberal leader. He is the leader of the opposition and joins us now here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, appreciate the uh, time. Uh, your Premier, Brian uh, Pallister, is calling the uh, man- calling this the Manitoba Job Restart Program, offering up to $2,000 to return to work. In your estimation, is this uh, needed? Uh, look, this is just the first of uh, uh, several harebrained schemes that our Premier has come up with, uh, and they've all been huge flops. And, in fact, the other ones that have been a flop are part of the reason why this won't work either, that Small businesses have been screaming for help that he's refused to provide. Lots of them are saying, look, we need help to be able, you know, $10,000, $20,000 to make our workplace safe again, and we can't bring people back in. But the Premier has said, no, we're not going to help out. We have childcare centres that are going bankrupt because the, the province hasn't stepped up to help. So what are the two things that people need to go back to work? One is it has to be safe, and the other is they need childcare. And those aren't even in place, to say nothing of the fact that there are uh, lots of people who are stuck at home because they've got underlying medical conditions, or the jobs just aren't there. So this is just a this is another bizarre stunt on the part of uh, our premier, who has a history of uh, you know coming up with harebrained schemes that aren't backed up by anything. There's no evidence whatsoever. He couldn't provide any numbers at all to back up what he was doing, and instead he's provided a you know he's creating this plan, which I think actually pays less than Serb does. Um, so it's absolutely it, it's an absolutely bizarre scheme. It, 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 there's a ton of red tape involved from a, a, a government that prides itself on uh, on getting rid of red tape, and all these like they just keep on creating these programs that are effectively useless because people can't be a part of it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, let me ask you a bit about the logistics. Would this really pay less than the CERB? Because if they pay you two thousand dollars to go back to work plus you add your salary theoretically would that be more than remaining at home on the serb well it depends i think as i understand it serb you can actually go and work you can make a thousand dollars a month but the two thousand dollars that they're offering is two thousand dollars stressed over six weeks and there's all sorts of conditions it has to be 30 hours a week look and, and so many people who've lost their jobs the fact is serb pays 12.50 an hour and it and you have to pay taxes on it it's not that's not enough to afford a one bedroom apartment in Winnipeg, right? You have to you have to make at least fifteen bucks an hour. So the idea that people aren't going back, it's partly that they're going back to jobs that that can't actually pay them enough to survive, and that's a problem with the economy, uh, not with surf. But the other is that they're fundamentally the idea that there are tens of thousands of people who are sitting home. Um, that I know people want to work; they want to be able to go back to work, but the jobs just aren't there. And the premier seems to have this fantasy that people can just go back and says, well, it's time to go back to work. But we've been calling him to bring back the legislature for more than a month. He has no interest in actually going back to work himself. So, and he's, and he's actively laying off people from the, private, from the public sector as well. We've seen thousands of jobs of layoffs in the public sector, and none of those people are eligible for this program either. So, you know, it's an example of where the premier doesn't seem to know what side of his mouth he's talking out of. Uh, because he, he's continually contradicting himself. He's firing people on the one hand, refuses to go, to go back to work uh, at the legislature, and then 
says expect everybody else to go back to work uh, at uh, at a job they'll pay less than twelve fifty because our minimum wage is lower. Than that. Let me ask you this, uh, Mr. Lamont, because uh, the Premier said this, quote, it's becoming increasingly evident that the federal program is actually preventing some Canadians from returning to work on a full-time basis, although, as you mentioned, he did not provide any provincial data to back that up. Uh, in Toronto, we've uh, heard reports anecdotally that as we enter phase two, as I'm sure you're aware here today, that some businesses have had trouble reopening because they can't get people to come back to work. Do you believe, at least in part, that the CERB possibly could be an impediment for people uh, going back to work? I, by far, the biggest problem is that people are scared to go back to work or that they can't go to work because they have no one to look after their kids. Schools are closed. Um, childcare centers are closed. People, uh, the fact is, is that people are not, they don't feel safe going back to work. But the other is that you can open your business, but most businesses are not open at 100%. Lots of, you know, right now we've said, well, restaurants can open to 75% capacity, but most restaurants have said, well, we can't actually do that. So the idea that there's a huge number of jobs to rush back to, when I'm hearing, I'm hearing from people in my constituency that, you know, that businesses are going bankrupt, that they're not able to actually keep their doors open. They don't know how they're going to survive because they can't afford to hire anybody because they don't have any revenue. And that fundamentally is, is that's the bigger problem. And the other is that childcare centers, like I said, they're going bankrupt. They are not acting because the province has not stepped up with funding to make them make it possible for them to do their jobs. So if we don't actually, if, if businesses can't operate safely, if people don't have childcare, how are you, how are you going to be able to go back to work? Uh, for for the thirty hours, I mean, it's it's just. I think this is a lot of posturing on his on on the on the part of the premier. There are much much bigger problems with our economy right now um, than the idea that uh, a few people are afraid to go back to work because of CERB. But let's be honest about it. It's twelve fifteen hours. If I, I said before, if, if Brian Pallister thinks that CERB is so rich, he should lay himself off and go on it. It's twelve fifteen dollars. twelve dollars and fifty cents an hour, and you have to. Uh, and you have to pay taxes on that. It's 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 not it is not a rich system. It's being portrayed as something you know. They're basically portraying people as, as welfare fraud. And uh, frankly, coming from the PCs, that's pretty rich. Joined on the line by Dugo Lamont, he is the Manitoba Liberal leader, leader of the opposition, discussing this uh, plan that has been announced by the government in Manitoba offering up to $2,000 to get Manitobans to return to work and say goodbye or no thanks to uh, the CERB. Is part of what is going on here as well, uh, Mr. Lamont, uh, it's certainly been well documented in our province in Ontario. The uh, Ford government came to power, and uh, immediately uh, the mandate, of course, was to uh, save money. They campaigned on that, and there was a lot of uh, cutting that uh, went on. There's been, as I understand, uh, close to is it $900 million in cuts right across Manitoba's uh, public sector uh, by this government. Is part of those cuts kind of coming home, coming to roost now? Absolutely. It's actually far greater than that. Uh, we've been, most sectors, whether it's health, education, or funding for municipalities, have all been frozen for four years straight. And uh, the thing about it, it's not just that they're doing cuts, but they haven't been able to provide any evidence numbers, background, or justification for any of them. So in uh, in April, the government came up and said, well, you know what, we're going to have to, we want everybody to give us a plan for 10, 20, and 30% cuts. Universities, uh, places all across the province, and, you know, basically, they basically are panicking and saying, well, we've got to cut everything because we're going to be going broke. And 
what happened is that that document that they released from the provincial treasury board was absolutely torn apart by the people who they were quoting. You had economists saying, "Well, they're completely misrepresenting what I'm saying." Um, they and, and this is the, the challenge and the frustration with this government actually is that they've been incredibly dishonest. Uh, the fact is that now, when you're in the biggest, the single biggest recession in 80 or 100 years. Um, the worst possible thing you can be doing is cutting. It's the worst possible thing you can do because every single dollar you take out of the economy is going to—that's that's a dollar less that's going to be spent in a business. So again, this is part of the problem. If you actually want to revive the economy, you have to make sure people are spending, and that includes people who work in the public sector. So if you lay off thousands, uh, if you force thousands of layoffs, that's thousands of people who are not going to be able to go and spend at those businesses you want to reopen. Uh, those, you know, they don't all just spend money at a government store. They all, every single person who works for government spends money into the local economy. Sure. Uh, let me ask you just uh, finally, if I could, before we run out of time, because I think we could talk on this uh, subject right to the end of uh, today's uh, show, if not uh, longer. And certainly what's going on in Manitoba is something that's happening here in Ontario, right across the country. There's all yeah. kinds of economic challenges uh, for governments when it comes to being able to afford different uh, programs and spending and, of course, trying to restart the uh, economy, which continues to falter because of the pandemic. Yep. Uh, there's no easy answer here, but what is the way forward, whether it's Manitoba, Ontario, or the country as a whole, do you think? Well, look, one of the things that we propose is that we think the federal government should uh, should step up and help with the financing for uh, cities and provinces. It's a, it's a, like If you actually allowed cities and provinces to borrow on the, basically, the, the federal government would co-sign it, that would drop interest payments by billions and eventually tens of billions of dollars, you'd be able to save huge amounts of money. Uh, if, and, and that's something we think is, is very, that's something that really should be a priority, is to make sure if you want a really strong recovery, you have to make sure that the public sector is a part of it so that um, as a sort of foundation for the private sector to build off. And that's, that's what you have to, to do. And I think part of it is that these are, these are extraordinary times, and we have to realize that, that we're going to have to take uh, extraordinary measures. The other is to remember, we've been through depressions and we've been through pandemics before. It's just it's it's unprecedented that they all happened at the same time. But there, we have the tools to, to to come out of this better, and I think that's something that people uh, people should remember. And I and I, I know that Ontario has been incredibly hard hit by by COVID, and I my heart goes out to everybody there who's been uh, who's been suffering and uh, who's lost their families. So, but that is it. Is that you know there are ways there are positive ways out of this. Uh, but it, it means it means doing things differently, and some of that means being willing to uh, to spend money and invest instead of cutting all the time. Because ultimately, if we cut, we're not going to have anything. Well, nothing to show for it, but uh, but a but a lot more debt and a whole bunch of um, basically empty parking lots and people who are unemployed. So. All right. Well, listen, appreciate the time, appreciate the well wishes, and uh, all the best to everybody there in Manitoba as well. Thanks uh, for joining us here this afternoon. Thank you. Take care. You as well. There goes Dougal Lamont, Manitoba Liberal leader, leader of the opposition.